Hey, Web3 Explorers. Stay tuned for a conversation from this past Outer Edge LA event, which went down March of 2023 in downtown LA. This episode features a, a main stage talk called Empowering One of One with Eric Calderon. Eric is a blockchain entrepreneur fully immersed in the NFT space who has dedicated himself to exploring functional use cases for NFT tech, specifically in the art sector. Keep listening. Finally, watch more great content like this from this year's Outer Edge LA event by visiting watch.outeredge.live and signing up for free access to everything you may have missed and more. See you over there and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. All right, all right, all right. So I'm going to let that ride. But after I introduce this next speaker, I'm going to need you to really give it up because this next speaker that I have the pleasure of introducing is an OG among OGs, all right? This is an OG crypto punk, an OG art collector, and the founder of Art Blocks, the creator of Chromie Squiggles. If this sounds, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to be Googling yesterday so that you can appreciate and understand the wisdom that's about to be imparted into you. He's gonna be stepping up to the stage to talk to you about generative minting generative minting sounded out google it because this guy right here is ahead of his time and he's your favorite artist favorite artist i think that's fair to say in the web three space so without further ado i want y'all to help me bring to the stage the one and only snowfro give it up give it up one time let's hear it Hi, everybody. Thank you, Spotty. That was amazing. I appreciate you. So much energy there. My name is Eric Calderon, and I think there's a presentation. Yes, there it is. My name is Eric Calderon. I'm the founder of a platform called Artblocks. I'm the creator of an NFT project called the Chromie Squiggle. I'm a person that's dedicated entirely to both the medium of generative art in general but also to finding meaningful use cases for NFT technology outside of just like the space that we're in right now. And I think that we can do that through the magic of generative minting and the magic of generative art. And so that's what I'm going to spend some time talking to you guys about today. So first, I want to thank Outer Edge for letting me come and speak to you guys and to share some of these kind of crazy thoughts that are going through my head about NFTs and generative art and manufacturing processes and what it looks like for this technology to reach mass adoption. I also want to say thank you to everybody that's in the audience that wants to hear me ramble about these things. I'm very excited about these things, and it's not always that I get to actually share my thoughts here. So thank you. Today we're going to talk about what one of one of X means. One of one of X is a term that I coined in one of my first tweets after launching Artblocks. It was this concept that instead of one of one, you have a one of one out of a set. We're going to talk about how one of one of X works. I'm going to share some inspiration, how I kind of got started in the NFT space, discuss some use cases for the technology, 
those use cases are going to range from fine art, which we've seen with Artblocks, really wonderful demonstration with Artblocks of what fine art and how technology and blockchain can intersect to create fine art. And then also something as simple as a generative receipt, which is the idea that there can be an NFT that has value that is not based on scarcity. Oh my God, I know, that's kind of a crazy thing to think about. But it can happen. And I swear to God, if we don't figure that out, if somebody doesn't put out an NFT that has value without scarcity, we're all in big trouble. So the next few years, I think, are really about thinking through this technology in ways that we're not thinking about it so much right now. And I'm willing to dedicate my time to it and I encourage other people to do the same. So, one of one of X. One of one of X refers to a unique item or a one of a kind and denotes the uniqueness of an individual item, and this is one of one, connected intrinsically by code to a larger set or collection of X. One of one of X is the core premise by which art blocks and other generative art platforms operate. And we use blockchain technology to elevate one of one of X through the value proposition of digital art ownership. I do want to say that, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world today. There's a lot of weird turmoil, et cetera. But something that has not changed, no matter what the value of NFTs are, is that we can still prove ownership of a digital asset. And I think it's really important not to forget that. Every now and then I just have to remind everybody that five years ago, we really were struggling with how to prove ownership of something digital. And to this day, we can still do that. That has not changed. All the other things, the cycles and whatever, it kind of sometimes obfuscates the beauty of the technology that we're operating on. So I'm going to start by talking about the Chromie Squiggle. This is an NFT project that I created. I'm going to kind of simplify it by saying that in 2020, November 2020, I uploaded 30 lines of drawing code to the Ethereum blockchain one time. Since then... It has consistently served over 9,700 individual Chromie squiggles. I haven't gone back to the code. I had to do one thing one time. And if you think about it, there's no way that I could have accomplished creating 10,000 Chromie squiggles, although I'm sure your six-year-old could do it better. Or if I would have been able to make 10,000 Chromie squiggles, it wouldn't have been nearly as enjoyable as it was during this time. So this is the power of one of one of X. This really demonstrates kind of the value of what it means for someone to create an algorithm that creates a family and then that family generates uh, seemingly unlimited outputs. There's almost 3,000 individuals that own Chromie Squiggles. I think we're at 2,800. I would love to see 3,000 by the end of this year. That would be fantastic. My dream. All are part of the same family. All are unique. And they're all made from code that was put on chain three years ago. They were $20 at the time of Mint. They were intended to be a democratized artwork where a buyer had the same odds of minting a rare one than anybody else. And they have far exceeded my expectations as it has progressed. It also fills a little bit of a sweet spot. And this is something that we've kind of been exploring recently with this concept of 101 of X and 101 of X manufacturing, where even though there are so many different Chromie squiggles, they're all 100% unique. You see a Chromie squiggle, you know exactly that it's a Chromie squiggle. Other things that do that, CryptoPunks and a lot of PFP projects where you clearly belong to a family but yours is an individual thing. Yours is one that makes you unique to the broader group. So the Chromie Squiggle proves and demonstrates the absolute power of 101 of X as a concept. And I'm really proud to share that here in Los Angeles, sometime in June, I'll get to mint Chromie Squiggle number 9,999 directly to the Los Angeles County Museum of Art for their private and for their permanent collection. So super excited stuff there. Thank you. So this is how it works. The artist or the creative produces an algorithm that is deterministic, 
uploads it to the Ethereum blockchain. Deterministic means that every time the algorithm runs, it produces the same output. This is a core principle of generative art, especially 101 of X. And then a collector executes a purchase transaction, which generates a unique output, and it's experienced by both the collector and the artist at the same time. The result is a self-sovereign asset, something, it's one of those hills that I will probably die on, that our blocks NFTs or our blocks ecosystem NFTs are self-sovereign assets, an NFT mostly or fully on-chain and immutably eternalized on the Ethereum blockchain. With our blocks specifically, the experience culminates in ownership of art for the sake of art itself, with beautiful subsequent dialogue, very important for generative art, about the artwork, living with digital art, and buying, selling, and valuation processes that are catalyzed by the NFT space. Artblocks and other generative art platforms, they represent the tip of the iceberg with what you can do with 101 of X technology. Today, I'm going to discuss one of the many of the different ways that we can use this technology outside of just kind of pixels on a screen. A lot of these really interesting use cases bubble to the surface once we kind of get towards mass adoption of NFTs, and we're still pretty far away from there. So I want to talk about some inspiration. I started a ceramic tile company in 2004. I come from design. I come from specifying ceramic tile that comes from Spain and Italy to architects and interior designers. I come from understanding how to listen to what people want and to navigating kind of curation of products. Early in my career, and this is kind of really important to kind of how I got here today, early in my career, I wanted to manufacture a custom tile. And in order to make a custom tile, I had to order 50,000 square feet of that tile, one single image of a tile, and that was back in 2005, 2006. Now think about how much manufacturing technology has changed to where in 2019, right around the time that I started Artblocks, I was able to order 100 individual tiles by sending 100 individual images to a manufacturer. This is pretty intense innovation for the ceramic tile business. Even though it's still more expensive to produce the one of one of X or the individual outputs, we've come a long way since then. I believe that manufacturers and product specifiers and designers and also everyday consumers are looking for innovation beyond resolution, size, and thickness. For example, with ceramic tile products, for a long time there, they were trying to make tiles that were bigger and bigger until they wouldn't fit in a container anymore, or thinner and thinner, but then like if you looked at it, it would break, or if the resolution was higher, I'd have to get on my hands and knees to even know the difference in the resolution because it was just good enough for me to like stand on it. We didn't need more resolution. We didn't need bigger tiles. They didn't fit in the containers, right? So then what happens to manufacturers that are continuing to try to innovate when they can't make a bigger tile or a thinner tile? To me, this is an opportunity. This is where innovation goes for manufacturers from trying to make bigger tiles or higher resolution screens. Like, can you tell the difference between an 8K screen and a 16K screen? I don't know, like how close you have to get to be able to see that. So maybe innovation here by manufacturers can shift a little bit from trying to make something bigger or higher resolution to actually being able to make individualized outputs at a point of cost parity. And cost parity is the most important thing that we're going to talk about today because we're pretty far away from cost parity from one of one of X outputs to one of X outputs. So you might have heard me say this before, but in a world where it costs the same to produce one million unique items as it costs to make a million identical items, all else held equal, people are given the opportunity to find meaning in everyday expression of living through individuality. Personally, I believe that humans will generally be drawn to individual outputs when given the choice. It's a theory. And then generative art pioneered decades ago, but experiencing a renaissance as a result of the interaction, intersection of art and technology via blockchain-based digital ownership enables all of this to happen. So from fine art to embroidery, 
the applications in creativity and design are endless, and industries are, in my opinion, on the cusp of a paradigm shift. All of this is complemented by Web3-enabled ownership and provenance mechanisms, creative coding, and generation of people compelled by the proposition of unique identity in both the real world and the virtual world, which, at least for the last few years, that's what we've been experiencing, the virtual world and what our CryptoPunk looks like in CryptoVoxels, etc. I'm proposing that this desire to be unique and this desire to be individual will actually transcend outside of the virtual world and into the physical space. And there's something really magical about the fact that the OG generative artist who dedicated themselves to this craft before there was a clear path towards monetization is potentially going to be recognized as like the most valuable and scarce trade in the world. These artists have dedicated their life to something that they were doing for fun and as a hobby. And now they're becoming recognized as someone that might be able to empower individuality within creative expression. And then there's the newer artists, the people that have been inspired by the explosion of generative art over the last few years. And those artists will never lack the opportunity to release creative content based on code, enabling individuality to consumers via a world where a significant number of consumer goods become individualized. And I'm excited to say that all of this is supported by a product called Artblocks Engine. So I mentioned earlier there's a broad spread in use cases for 101 of X or generative art technology. The first one, the one that we've seen explode over the last couple of years, the one that we've been very lucky to participate in, to have a lot to do with, is art. Art for the sake of art itself. You guys have heard me say this many different times. There is actually a use case of buying art for the sake of art itself. Thankfully, that's kind of proven itself over time. Generative art, from a consumer adoption perspective, represents the lowest friction use case of 101 of X technology. And I'll explain in a little bit what I mean by that. There's dozens of platforms showcasing this powerful medium and elevating the craft of generative art. But Artblocks, FX Hash, I would say are the most notable ones. And there's also a handful of other ones that are just kind of up and coming and starting to really kind of hit the market. At this point, there's dozens of platforms that are releasing art using 101 of X technology. And it's a beautiful thing. It's really wonderful to see more and more adoption of this medium because it's a medium that I think deserves more attention. And when I mentioned that these are low friction use cases, if you think about the fact that your computer screen does not actually care what pixels are displayed, there is cost parity between one of X and one of one of X when it comes to your computer screen. So if I show 100 of the same images and I show 100 unique images, your computer doesn't really give a crap what is being displayed and there's no additional cost to showing those. So this is the lowest friction use case because it doesn't require any additional stuff. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or, if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued, or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore, because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them, and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. 
Then we have in-person generative minting, which this is something that our engine partner, Bright Moments, has just done spectacularly. They're here based in LA, so they've really kind of taken our imagination to a whole other level in what you can do with generative art. They add a whole layer of individuality and personalization by being in person. They work with the artist, they curate with the artist, and they craft and create these experiences that are meaningful for the artist and the collector to be standing in the same room at the moment that an artwork is revealed. And some of these are revealed in small intimate settings, and some of these are revealed in grand settings, like what they did in craft work in Berlin. And really, they've demonstrated that people get really excited about minting and seeing generative art for the first time. So mad props to what Bright Moments has done. They've really kind of taken this technology to a completely different level. Then we have DIY artwork. This is something that's really fun for me. I'm a maker. I'm a nerd. I've bought a 3D printer like the first time you could buy a 3D printer. I have a plotter at my house. I love to code. And there's a platform called Plottables, and this is what I call DIY artwork. DIY artwork is something where you can mint an artwork and have it reproduced in your house exactly to the specifications of the artist. So with Plottables, you buy a piece of art, and then within the browser, you're able to plot it directly using a plotter. And the result is as close as you can probably get as making something in your own home. I think technology has really come a long way in the last few years, where imagine like 20 years ago what it would have taken to be injection molding. Today, you can 3D print something with hard enough plastic and then actually have a desktop injection molding machine and actually produce hundreds, if not thousands of parts in your living room in a way that would completely been impossible 20 years ago using technology that was available back then. Today, you can get on YouTube Screw that. You can get on ChatGPT4 and within 30 minutes write code that would have literally taken people a lifetime or at least like a whole career of studying to be able to learn how to do. So technology, kind of going back to the do we need bigger tile, do we need higher resolution, technology is focusing on helping also consumers empower them with the ability to create things. And to me the idea that you'd be able to, we talk about teleporting objects one day in the, in the future into your living room, well now you can 3D print them in your own living room too. And being able to 3D print DIY artwork, tattooables, 3D printables, CNCables. There's a lot of fun things that we can do with this technology. And it's also interesting to consider what a B2B to C model is. Right now, everything in the crypto space is B2C. Like, it's business to consumer. We are minting something that the platform is giving us. What does it look like when we have the B2B to C model, where I do a mint, but I don't actually allow list the ecosystem. I only allow list a distributor, someone that's capable of manufacturing a product. And then that person goes and distributes that product with a license that's built into an NFT the way that we have seen licenses built into an NFT. So there's a lot of fun to be explored there. Generative fashion. Woo! 90cc. I don't think G's here, but yeah, super grateful for G Money and his team for the stuff that they've put into it. I mean, fashion's already one of society's greatest examples of individual creative expression. And that's, with most fashion items, being a one of X, like something that is just kind of made in, in repetition. Imagine what happens when each individual is empowered by their own micro-brand that they walk around with. And that's exactly what's happening with this shirt. I've seen at least two other people today wearing this shirt. There's nothing more flattering for me than to see people wearing this shirt out there. It's like a really special thing. But imagine that when you walked into the pop-up in Miami for 90CC, you walked into a room, you minted an NFT, and within 10 minutes, they took that NFT, printed it onto a shirt. Each NFT was unique printed it onto a shirt, activated an NFC card using IYK technology, which is pretty brilliant, put it in a beautiful box worthy of like the fanciest of stores and handed it to you all within behind clear glass so that you could see the entire process. It took 10 minutes to do that. 
What happens when manufacturers work on this process and then instead of taking 10 minutes, it takes seven minutes. And then a few years later, it takes three minutes. And then a few years later, it takes one minute to the point where one day you can walk into a store, you swipe a credit card, and a minute later, you have a completely custom shirt, clearly belonging to the same family, but clearly being individualized to you, accompanied by an NFT to prove the digital ownership. It's only a matter of time, I believe, until we see that kind of stuff. And this is where manufacturers are encouraged to start considering the technology of bridging the gap towards cost parity for individualized items versus identical items. Design is a catch-all. I come from design. I come from the tile business. I spent 20 years with architects and interior designers. Just as we've demonstrated the powerful network effect of large groups owning individual digital artworks, let's say Fidenza, Squiggles, etc., what happens when that same power goes into individuals owning designed goods, coffee tables, wallpaper, Generative tapestries, as was just demonstrated by the company called Trem out of France that worked with Alexi Andre on creating a one-pixel-to-one-strand generative tapestry. The artist literally created a file that is fed into the digital loom directly. What, what happens when that enters the design world and when we are able to track digital ownership in that way? I think that there's some really powerful things that happen there. Also, hotels and hospitals are covered with art that's actually guaranteed not to ever go up in value. If you ever specify art in the A&E world, you might spend 30, 40 bucks for a print that comes from like an art consultant that actually has no, absolutely zero provenance, zero chance of ever going up in value. Even without going as far as making a generative coffee table, what happens when you take the hundreds of thousands of artworks that are on the Artbox platform, many of which you can buy for 30, 40, 50 bucks. Then you go to FX Hash and you can buy who knows how many things for 30, 40, 50 bucks. And instead of like splashing $30 prints with literally no provenance and no value that you would get from an art consultant into a hospital or a hotel or a law firm, you actually take this $30 artwork that you buy. Just like, don't forget, CryptoPunks were free, y'all. CryptoPunks were free. But look at the value that they have today. Why? Because they have provenance associated with it. I've said this a bunch of times. If Larva Labs would have released a CryptoPunks project on a server and you logged in with a username and password and then you used a credit card to buy a punk from somebody else, I guarantee you punks would not be in the 65 ETH range right now. Right? It's all about the blockchain. It's all about the digital ownership. And what happens when it, you have a portfolio of buildings, you have 25 buildings in your portfolio, and within that portfolio, you don't just track the value of the real estate, but because all of the artwork that's in those buildings also happens to be NFT artwork that has traceable value. What happens when you can add the value of the artwork to your portfolio instead of looking at it as a write-off just to decorate a wall? Plus being relevant with the new generation of people that are collecting art. Like there's so many applications in the design industry here and I think we're just kind of scratching the surface. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. 
Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white label marketplace, as well as their highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Okay, so we have generative art souvenirs. Generative art souvenirs, to me, is the idea that you can enable people to take home individualized memories that commemorate an experience without adding more stuff to our lives. I don't need more stuff in my life. I have two children. I've moved four times. Like, I just don't need more stuff. So NFTs are really wonderful to not add more stuff to our lives. Instead of adding stuff, we add these souvenirs, which have utility because they'll let you into a concert. They're your ticket into something. But on top of that, they add to a catalog of digital memories with artistic sentimental meaning entirely authenticated through verifiable distributed ledger technology. We've worked with a really wonderful artist, Martin Grasser, on this love project that was released by the American Tennis Professionals, where they actually used data from the actual serves in generating the final output. So you have a kind of a live generative piece. VCon tickets last year were made with a generative algorithm that uh, I colored a bunch of letters together. Point is, when you leave with a ticket stub and everybody has the same ticket stub, like, that's fine. That's how I grew up. We all have the same ticket stub from Sublime Show or whatever we went to. But what happens in... 40 years when like everybody has unique ones it just starts feeling like why does every, like the ones that look the same start losing a little bit of value in comparison to the idea of having an individualized output something that's dear to you and unique to you and then we have installations i mean the original idea for art blocks was to be able to tip an artist that was creating something of a larger scale than themselves and i go back to when i was a child i'd go to europe and i'd watch those statues that would be frozen and somebody would put money in the hat and then the statue would move and somebody put money put money in the hat and the statue would move again and over and over this was a way of tipping an artist this artist was interesting and a whole group of people around you were watching it and you were the one that triggered that reaction and to me there's like this opportunity within digital art and within immersive art and blockchain technology to be able to do the same thing. So I'll quickly run through the idea that with the Bellagio fountains, those are just a bunch of servos and motors and lights and sound. We can have an artist choreograph an entire installation, an entire choreography of the fountains and mint that. And then you take home this NFT that represents that moment that you and thousands of people got to see, but you're the one that triggered it. You're the one that started it. And then a year later, you can come back with that same NFT and re-trigger it because all that information is still stored on the NFT. Okay. Finally, generative receipts. Generative receipts, this is the interesting one. I've only got three minutes and 40 seconds left, so I, once again, will be rushed through it. But this idea that scarcity is not necessary for an NFT to have value. When I talk about a generative receipt, it's literally the idea that you having this digital item represents ownership of a digital thing that may or may not then give you ownership of a physical thing. The Friendship Bracelet project that we released is semi an example of a digital receipt. If I buy the 
friendship bracelet NFT, and I make the friendship bracelet, and then I sell the friendship bracelet NFT, no one's going to come after me for me to take off that friendship bracelet off my wrist. It's not meant to. This is the concept of an ephemeral physical. It's this thing that does not, the NFT does not lose value if the digital and the physical get separated. So generative receipts are what you're going to walk into and, and slide your credit card and get that shirt made in one minute, one day in the future. But that's going to be your receipt. And what's crazy from a proof of, a point of sale perspective, from an accounting perspective, you're literally going to have all the transaction data in the purchase because you're going to be minting an NFT. All of that information gets captured in the same transaction for transparency and accounting models that we haven't even started to explore today. In conclusion, we've seen powerful adoption, acceptance, elevation, and curiosity in not just digital art, but more specifically in the medium of generative art. In short time, we've somehow been catapulted into major international art museums, galleries, auction houses, top collectors, plus thousands of people's wallets that may have completely skipped right over the world of art if it had not been for what happened with generative art over the last few years. I used to get crucified, literally crucified and yelled at in Discord for saying, buy art that you like because you like it and you want to put it on your wall. Somehow that has become the new meta and the new narrative in this space, and that's a really wonderful thing. Because the people that did buy art because they liked it are the people that are having the most success right now because they bought a thing that they really liked. And nobody wants to buy something that goes down in value. But also, not everybody wants to sell something seven days after they buy it. Like in the traditional art world, maybe it's 30 years in the crypto space, it's 30 minutes. Maybe we're going to find a happy medium somewhere in between. The future of all of this actually is starting to feel like it's now. It's time to start thinking in years, not in months. It's time to dedicate our brains to finding the same product market fit we've discovered in generative art, but for the consumer market. This technology could actually be the catalyst for onboarding the next million or the next billion people. I'm pretty bullish on it. Some of these people may not even know that they're being onboarded, which I think is very valuable as well. This will not only enhance the value and attention towards and the provenance of the incredible art that's already been created on Artblocks, FX Hash, and other platforms, but will also prepare our kind of crypto startups that we're all in to navigate and survive the world outside of quote unquote crypto or outside of just being an NFT. One day we will all just be companies and we're going to be competing with attention with companies that are 100 years old that have 25,000 employees. Who is Artblocks' competitor if we're outside of the NFT space? We need to think about that because one day that person is going to be our competitor and we're going to come out with a crazy competitive advantage because we're going to be producing digitally native goods that are going to appeal to the next generation of people. Let's position ourselves to be interesting to the new audience that has not yet realized the value of provable ownership of a digital asset. I just want to say that we at Artblocks, through our flagship and engine products, are dedicated to empowering the future of 101FX and building something likely to delight the everyday consumer. And I encourage that all my fellow builders do the same thing because that's really what's going to get us into the next cycle. If we don't add more people to this space, we're all going to be in trouble. So... Let's think about that. What does it take to get outside of this little echo chamber? It's more important than ever. And right now is the time to build. That's what I think we should all be building towards. That's it. Sorry, uh, ran out of time. Thank you all so much. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole.
The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.